guys. Welcome back to It's All Light. I'm your host, Natalie Baugh, and today's special guest is Courtney Tinkersley. <laughs> Hello. So I'm trying to think, Courtney, when did you move into the ward? I met Courtney through our church ward. I moved in about two years ago, last or October of 21. Yeah, and I've been there about like two and a half years. Holy cow, time is flying by. But Courtney's... Yes an outstanding person and I'm so excited to get to pick her brain today a little bit about just what makes Courtney Courtney as well as what does Courtney light up about so um I was gonna do a bio for I was going to intro Courtney but I'm gonna have her just tell us a little bit about yourself okay um so my name's Courtney I am from Arizona and I moved to Utah for school about eight years ago or seven years ago. I'm not sure I've lost count too long. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I went to BYU for college. I studied human development and like family relationships as well as gerontology. Um, I just kind of covered the whole human lifespan of yeah. psychology. So that was super fun. Um, What's gerontology I, before you go on? <laughs> it is the study of aging. So oh. old people. To you have aging. More blandly. So you studied that. And what else were you going to add? Um, I, I just now work with children. So I like my emphasis through all of my schooling was children and child life. And um, I work as a behavioral specialist at Primary Children's Hospital in Salt Lake. So cool. How long have you been doing that? About a year. Speaking of time flying, it has been crazy, a crazy year. Well, and we'll hear more about this, but it's a pretty taxing job, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm excited to hear more about like what you've learned from that as well as just like takeaways you have in your life. But we'll get that to, we'll get to that in a little bit. But what else is some of your passions and hobbies. Sorry, what are some of your passions and hobbies? Um, I love traveling. So I, um, like I said, I moved to Utah for school quite a few years ago. And throughout like the breaks in school, as well as like summers, I travel a ton. So I've lived in various different states um, for like shorter periods of time um and I just kind of get like I I like to say that I'm a soft nomad (laughs) like I (laughs) like to have a home base but I definitely like get really antsy if I'm home for a while so I like Mm -hmm. to get out get out of the state go somewhere go on a little trip adventure whatever yeah Um, it can even be just out of the city for me like I can totally relate to what you're saying yep Yep. Just kind of a change of pace for a few days and come back around. So I love that. Um, I also love like athletic things, sports and whatnot. So I, um, I do a lot of swimming and I'll do like a lot of races. So I did a triathlon earlier this year. And then actually just last weekend, I did a big like seven man relay race um, in Colorado. What was, kind of, oh, go ahead. Kind of what? I was just going to say kind of combining my love for travel with my love for racing and yeah. sports. How cool yeah. is that? What was one of your takeaways from either that race or a past race? Um, I think just, 
Oh man, so many. But I think just the power of like our minds is so real because you can get so in your head about something and either make or break a whole experience just because of the way you think about it. Um, And I definitely like I had moments leading up to this race I just did where I was like really panicking and I was like, this is going to be the worst thing ever. And then I had moments that were much more crucial where I was like, no, this is great. I'm excited. Whether or not I'm as prepared as I want to be, like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to finish it. And the energy of our team was really high and that played a, a big role in us being successful. And so I think just the way we think about exp- our experiences in our life is probably the biggest takeaway I've had from these races. No, I, I can relate to that as well. Like, and it's cool hearing your experience with that too, you know, just it, it's just a fun parallel to life in general, I think. Yeah. So you mentioned you light up about teaching, public speaking, sharing information about things you know and believe. So what about that excites you? Like, would you say you're an extrovert too in the mix of that? Yeah, I would say I have very extroverted energy. Um, like I definitely like to be, I don't, I don't want to say like the center of attention cause I definitely don't like that, but I do, I like being at the front of a room or like talking about things that I know that I'm passionate about, that I care about. Um, not because I like all the attention on me cause that actually really stresses me out, mm-hmm. but I just, I get so passionate about like talking about things that. I feel like are important or that I believe in. And um, it's just really exciting when you have filter or like, yeah, I guess filters for that. Yeah, no, I can relate. Even though it's still like nerve wracking sometimes in front of people, like generally, like it like gets me pumped, you know, like mm-hmm. I think part of it too is like, it just allows you to put in the work for yourself to be able to present it. And I think that's fun yeah. for me to learn about. So So what are some of these topics you enjoy teaching or speaking about? I would say the biggest one is like spirituality um, and like gospel topics. I am a Sunday school teacher for our ward. Um, So are you. Mm -hmm. Super fun. fun. (laughs) Um, I, yeah, I just really enjoy teaching about and talking about Christ because I feel like I tend to have a rather unorthodox approach, I guess, to like the gospel, gospel living. Mm-hmm. And um, the experiences that I've had just throughout my life have really tailored to where I stand with Christ now. And I just love to bring that, I, I don't know, that like different ideas or different direction to light because I think it resonates with a lot more people um, than I would think if I just kept quiet. And so I really love teaching like the gospel. I taught at the MTC for a few years as well. And it just, I think like you said, teaching or like preparing is really the bulk of like the boost that I get because I have to prepare for lessons. I have to prepare for talks and things like that. And so I really feel the most deeply connected to the spirit when I, when I'm preparing to teach and then I go and teach and it's like that added boost of 
I don't know, spiritual connection and totally. excitement. Yeah. So. And then like being able to like, sometimes it doesn't go according to plan and like facilitating the, the just facilitating in general helps you allow people to learn. Or I think it's just so rewarding. I'm sure you experience this like at the MTC or even with the children you work with, just when there are successes and improvements or light bulb moments, like that is probably the most fulfilling thing for a teacher, you know, like I could never be like a school teacher, but all my friends who are, I just admire them for all that they do. It's so much work, but I'm, I know they do it because it is rewarding. So what, what are some experiences you've had like that? I, oh, so many. I think that there's so much power in letting your, at meeting your audience where they are. And I actually think, Nat, you and I have had some conversations about this, about just meeting people where they are when we're talking about deeper things. Um, but whenever I teach, I, you know, we're talking about Sunday school, so I'll just keep on that, I'll keep on that train. But whenever I teach, I really try hard to focus on where my audience is and come like to meet them where they are instead of being like, Oh, I'm the teacher. I've prepared this lesson. Everybody listen. I instead try really hard to be like, Hey, I'm here. I'm a member just as you are. And like, I'm meeting you where you are and we're going to like sit and powwow together because you yeah. can teach me as much as I can teach you. Oh, I'm and like I've- always taking notes during my lesson because of that reason. Okay. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, sure. No, you're fine. Um, I, yeah, I have had so many experiences where, people in my classes have made comments that take my lesson a completely different direction, but for a million times better than where my lesson was going to go. And I've, yeah, I've just had so many raw moments in like teaching environments or teaching settings where people just show up and they're real and they ask like real things or hard things, or they share something unexpected that just, reminds you like I I guess the humanity or like the reality of who people are and I think that those are the most tender and touching moments or experiences that I've had with the question that you asked is just when people like really show up genuinely and authentically even when that's not like happy or jolly or like perfectly Mm -hmm. in line with what we're discussing and things like that and then really just allowing the spirit to guide us the rest of the way after those experiences is so powerful that's amazing and for those just teaching in general like the parallels of like we're saying the spirit and stuff but even in just a general sense of learning with the light of christ like no matter what the subject is it's like asking the right questions right to get these people to like open up so we've been talking about sunday school but i'm curious how you've learned this in your career like what does that look like? Yeah, I, I, oh, my career, like you said, it is, it's very heavy. Um, but it's, it's, you know, we learn that like our sufferings are turned tenfold into joy. And I see that in my work all the time. Um, I, (laughs) you asked me what I light up about and I told you like all these things that are like really happy and jolly. And then I, you know, you asked me one question about work and I'm like, here we go. This is, this is the rest of the, (laughs) of the podcast today because I could just talk about it forever. 
but um yeah I think being with children who are in probably the darkest times of their lives thus far um is really enlightening and we teach like a lot of psycho educational groups so we teach about like a multitude of topics involving resilience and like communication emotional regulation motivation um all of these different kinds of things and a lot of the time we i go i lead a group i teach a group and i just get through it and my patients smile and nod and then they leave and go do whatever they're going to do um but there are some times that you get a good bunch of patients that are really ready to be engaged and interactive and you can see like the light bulb come on and then, then putting in the work like you were talking about earlier yeah. yes yeah then putting in the, just the effort to like show up and participate either by listening or by sharing comments and stuff but um yeah it's been it's really incredible and rewarding to see my patients like totally shift from when they come in their woes to when they're like close to leaving and they're I don't know there's just like a different energy about them and it's fun to be a part of that by like sitting in groups with them and chatting with them them. about very real very real sorry you cut out yeah you cut out after very real oh sorry just oh yeah can you hear me now we can okay um yeah just very real things yeah very real and hard things yeah so how is this different than like going to like a psychologist or therapist like this is more human development related right yeah it's very like behavioral development related so my unit is one it's like the inpatient psychiatry unit um so we do have psychologists that come and psychiatrists, doctors, and then therapists. Um, But I like the program that we run is very like patient facing. And so it's not just like medicine that we're looking at with patients and stuff, but it's very interactive. We do all these groups to engage with the kids in like a a teaching and a learning environment. And then they'll go and meet with their psychologist or they'll go and meet with their therapist and apply these principles or these things that they learn there. That's cool. Do you see yourself doing this for a while? (sighs) That's a great question. I know you said it's taxing. So it's like, I don't know, that seems like an emotional thing every day. Yeah, it is very, it's very emotionally taxing, very emotionally heavy. Um, it's definitely in line with what I want to do forever. Um, what exactly my line of work looks like, I haven't quite figured out yet, but I definitely want to be around this population probably for the entirety of my career. I love developmental psychology. Yeah, and behavioral psychology. That's so interesting. How would you define behavioral psychology? Like, is it stemmed from experiences they've already had? Or is it just kind of a a biological thing? Like, some people are socially awkward. Or like, 
I guess you see all the spectrums, but what would you define it as? I would say um, definitely more the first point that you made of things that these kids experience through their lives lead them to having certain behaviors that are difficult um, to stay, like they're not sustainable behaviors. And so we see a lot of kids that are very depressed um, or suicidal. We see kids who um, have like issues managing anger or just their general behavior is inappropriate. Um, And then we see like some, we see a lot of disordered eating patients, um, people that struggle with eating disorders and Um, Then we have a lot of kids that are autistic. And so that's more of like a nature thing versus nurture. Um, They just, they've been that way for their lives. And we're trying to help create some guidance and some path to success. Yeah. What would you say for like, I'm sure anyone listening to the podcast knows someone either who has a disability or going through something or like have nieces, nephews, cousins, you know, autism, whatever. What would you say is helpful advice in like, obviously you don't want to treat these people different because I I know that's probably not the best route, but like what are some tips we can take out as we go into the world and and know these issues are around in some people? Yeah, I a quote that I had shared with you, Nat, that I think applies here is people do the best with what they know. And I think we forget that a lot of the time, um, especially with kids that are hard to take care of or manage or, you know, have behavioral things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I think just remembering when, you know, you're having struggles with children or when you have like you have a child that has autism or things like that, um, remembering that like everyone's doing the best with what they know and these kids included are are doing the best that they can with the experiences that they know with the coping skills that they know with the environments that they know and um my my tip in that phrase I guess would just be to like step back and see the picture as a whole I think that's when I'm most humbled in my job I can be like really grumpy and be like, oh, these kids are running around crazy and, you know, whatever is happening today is hard. And just like taking one step back and remembering why this kid is here, what experiences they've had in their life and what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Um, it changes my whole perspective in an instant. Yeah. I, I think just being curious, like, oh, I wonder. And so the ages you deal with, like, what's the youngest that you see these behavioral things in? We have. Uh, had some five-year-olds that's where our range begins um in our inpatient unit at least and they go up to 17 through 17 years old yeah there's it's amazing to just learn how like mothers of these children too you know like I have an autistic cousin and just just like different spectrums too right like it might be a low level of it but it's still just like how do you deal with certain things or Tourette's or I don't know. It's just super interesting for me to observe. And I feel like sometimes I feel awkward and I'm like, I want to just be, be able to, I don't know. I think the bottom line is like, obviously just be kind and like supportive, but it's like, yeah, I guess just realizing where their story is can help you know 
I mean, not to treat them differently, but just to see their perspective better. And I don't know, I feel like, I don't know, it's a tricky, it's a tricky environment, not tricky environment, it's a tricky career. So like props to you, because I don't know how I would handle different things in that realm. But so when you, when they come to work, do you work with other, what's your title, like behavioral and, uh, I don't know, I wanted to say and analyst but that's not it <laughs> like no, my mind is shutting down that's okay behavioral analysts do exist so you're not like wrong for thinking that <laughs> i i am a behavioral health specialist health so specialist. i yeah so i um i work with a lot of other staff we have nurses we have psychologists we have psychiatrists we have therapists and pharmacists yeah, so, so just the whole the whole thing. Right. I mean, because yeah. it is Premier Children's, which is a hospital, and this is just one of the units of that. Okay, yeah. cool. So I'm looking more into what you elaborated on in the form, and this is kind of segueing kind of back to our spiritual discussion, but I'm wanting to pair it with your career a little bit. You talked about like talking with people about spiritual journeys. Like, I feel like being in your industry, it can get pretty spiritual, whether that person's spiritual, like in a religion sense. But what what does that look like? And what are some spiritual journey conversations you've had that have affected you? I so it's it is kind of tricky working um, at like a hospital because we have a lot more boundaries around the spiritual things and and sharing that in the work environment. And so it's interesting because all of our content is very um, like education based and it's, it's backed by studies and all that kind of stuff. Um, and less so by like spiritual things. So I can't really like speak to spiritual experiences that I've had with patients in my job or like experiences that I've had in my job, but something that I can speak to is, the strength of the spirit that I've been able to feel and just like doing the work that I do with my patients and watching the journeys that they go on. Um, I, I can't say really whether they're spiritual or religious or just life journeys, but just watching what these kids go through and watching how they kind of journey through the experiences that they have in our very acute unit. Um, I've definitely been touched by the spirit myself to just, um, I don't know, feel a very wholesome love for these people, these kids that I work with that I essentially don't know aside from what I see. Um, Other lives. Yeah. 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 That is really impactful. Now I'm curious what, got you into studying human development when you were deciding in college? So I knew that I wanted to study human, well, something along the lines of like human development. Yeah, um, psychology stuff. Yeah, since I was young in high school. um, Just because you felt drawn to it. Yep. I had like a very, it's kind of funny, I had like a very distinct vision of what I wanted to do Mm. for my career in my life and it involved like, I didn't know really what it looked like, but I was like, I want to work in the medical field, but the like psycho- psychological side of the medical field 
but I don't want to be like a psychologist. Right. I, I was like, but I want to be like very patient facing, very like in, hands on. Yeah. Like hands on and very like in the middle of like these really difficult parts of patients' lives. And so for a long time, that looked more like medical for me. I wanted to work with kids that were like medically complex. Yeah. Um, who had a, an accident or something in recovery. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but it kind of shifted to behaviors just because that's the opportunity that I was given. And I have shifted to behaviors and I've just absolutely loved it so much. Um, but to answer your question about how like I got started in that, um, I had this vision and I, at BYU, when I started there, I kind of looked into the different programs that they offered. And I was like, this one seems like it will parallel the best with what I want to do as a career and who I want to be as a person outside Hmm. of career. And I I really am grateful for BYU because of that, because I do, I genuinely believe with my whole heart that the major that I got in college helped just as much in my personal life as if not more than it does Ah. in in my career so I love what you just said about just how your major yeah helped you I like parallel with your career dreams but also helped you as a person what kind of person were you in like imagining in this vision of your career and how did you develop like what kind of personality have you developed in that I I think I envisioned just like very strong, very compassionate, um, and very wholesome. Or I like I've said in the podcast, like very real. Yeah. Um, that was kind of who I wanted to be, who I aspired to be. Um, because I think it's really easy to want to be like really fun and playful and like jolly all the time, but just through my own personal life experience, I learned like, that's not all that life is. And very okay. It's very okay that that's not all that life is. And the more um, I learned about like hard things that people experience studying what I did, um, I realized like there's so much depth and so much value and so much um, good to be had or to be gained from the hard and so I just was like, I, I just hope to become like the person of compassion and of um, peace that I can be. So to others, especially and to yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, I can only imagine like I love human development, too. I only took like a beginning class in college, but I remember just falling in love with the the way a baby grows and at what stages certain things happen when they start seeing color and and the deep voices and like that part like super early childhood and like watching how you respond if your kid falls and like what do you say and and like how do you help build positive children and it's just so fun to dive into it and I think everybody just because we are human and we are constantly developing like everyone probably has some type of passion for this you know and I love that you said like just learning that there are the hard things in this learning and hard developmental things and sometimes it helps you see like my life could be a lot worse or it's also like you go through something hard too. And like you said, have compassion. I was like getting emotional. I'm like, yes, yes, it's so true. 
<laughs> yes. I think compassion is a huge thing that we all experience, but don't necessarily put a name to yeah. in life. Yeah. And I just, I think that it's such a valuable thing to experience. Yeah. So what is something you feel like people could maybe study in, in the realm of human development and behaviors? Like, is there a YouTube video or like helpful tools that you encourage everyone to know about? Oh, wow. That's a good question. I'm like, there, there are endless things that people could study or look into. I um, will put this like off a professional record, but um, I just personally love Brene Brown. Oh, yeah. Um, any of my human development people out there that like listen to this will mm-hmm. probably be like, amen, sister. Yeah. Like they all know what's up. Um, but Brene Brown is amazing she has books she has podcasts she has just endless videos interviews etc that she does um but just nearly everything that i've ever heard of hers is golden and it it stems from relationships to just development to just who we are as people yeah um she has a very like popular famous video that talks about um i guess it's not directly talking about compassion but it talks about like empathy versus sympathy oh, which yeah. I think is right in line with compassion oh they totally and, are yeah so she is she is definitely like one person that I always turn people to because I think she says it better than anyone so I like that have you listened to many um Simon Sinek videos too I feel like he's another one that I am drawn toward yeah I've definitely heard the name but I I couldn't tell you what videos I've seen of him. I need to dive into Brene Brown. There's, I've definitely seen clips many times, but I need to like actually read her book and actually listen to podcasts. I'm also thinking of like Malcolm Gladwell. Is that the other human development mental guy? Have you heard of him? I don't, I don't think I've heard of him. I feel like my, See, now you're giving me people to look into. I'm like, oh, I, there are more. I wish I knew more about it, though. Sometimes my dad reads certain books and like some are like analyzing the world and people and why we are the way we are in a sense. It's more sociology, but I don't know. It's just all fun. It's fun to learn. I think that's why I have this podcast. That's why I like picking your brain about like what you do and what that looks like. And it's like, oh, should I do something like that? You know, like options are endless and it's it's fun that you can discover new passions and hobbies throughout your life and continue to learn. Um, is there anything else on your mind before we jump to our uplifting takeaways? Yeah. Yeah. I do. Um, I don't know. I think just kind of going off of what you had just said of like there's always something to learn. There's always like ways that we can expand ourselves um I have a a couple of thoughts on that I guess that can be quick but I I think a lot of the time we sit on the two extremes of that where this light I'm like trying to move away from it you're good the sun is setting so it's in her room it you're good (laughs) um but I, I think we sit on the two extremes of growth where we're like we have to be ever growing and ever moving and like, you know, really diligent about like adding all these things into our lives and like being so much. 
um, that I think it like belittles the depth of who we are. Um, and so I always like, like caution people. I'm like, you mean like trying to do too many things at once or like become this yeah. or try this or work yeah. on that. And that yes, doesn't yes. make it deep enough. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. Um, exactly. I, like, I think I always try to caution people when they're like, oh, that's so cool. Like I need to do that more. I should do this more. I should be better. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, you can, I'm like, you can do that and be that and be whatever you want. But Mm -hmm. like, remember who you are at the core and like, you're just adding things. You're not like entitled or not entitled, but you're not, um, obligated to like, be all of these things and do all of these things like that's what makes us unique right is that we all bring our own things to the table so that's one thing but I think we also sit on the other end of the extreme where we um we just get like eager and I think this is actually more where you sit not not in the prior but I think we just get very eager to like absorb we're like sponges we just want to absorb all the things around us whether that's who we become or whether it's just something that we know and love and value in the world or in people. And I think on that end of the spectrum, like it's so important to be like ever growing and ever moving, just, I guess, ever learning to bring this full circle. Cause I like, I light up about teaching, but like I think to be learning about life things and things like that. And so yeah, that was just my thought. I love that thought. I'm like, we could keep going forever. It's so fun to hear you talk about it. I think that's what I love about this idea of a passion podcast is because people do like literally light up about something they love. And we I've totally seen that in this episode today. So I'm trying to think of there were so many things that we talked about and like an uplifting takeaway for me, I think it's probably Brene Brown. I'm going to like make a like listen to at least one of her podcasts like a week or something like just start because I know it'll benefit me and I know it'll be interesting if I just like put my mind to it but like just choose the one thing to work on yeah what what about you what do you think people can benefit from or what's something you've been learning recently that you want to share um oh goodness that's a great question I feel like I'm always learning so much um I have been learning personally a lot about like self recognition and self acceptance. And, you know, I spend a whole podcast talking about like other things and other people and, you know, this and that, but I, I've taken a lot of time, um, despite my busy life to like sit with myself and learn who I am, recognize who I am, accept who I am. And then, move from there on like how to grow and learn who do I want to become versus who am I already and am I okay Mm -hmm. with who I am already um and I think I I talk about this a lot in a spiritual sense but I think it parallels to any phase like any part of life the type of person you are yeah which which listening to you talk though it, it feels like you have a pretty good idea and like the vision of a life and who you want to be and like I personally can see you actively working on all those things. Like anytime we have a conversation, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, oh, such good points. I love what you're doing with that. Like you seem like you're super put together in in what we were just talking about today in this developmental mental state for ourselves. 
So I love that we ended on that note. And I love journaling. I love that self-reflection. But sometimes it's really just a matter of, oh, did I did I even take a time to think about this experience, you know, or like sometimes we're just so busy. We just move on and we leave things in the dust and and don't get the depth that like you were talking about earlier. So thank you. I feel like I could ramble about this, too, but you're the expert. So I'm so grateful we got to hear from you today. I also wanted to pick your brain on dating, but I might pull you on again with someone else and we'll do like a, a girl and guy episode and talk about dating because we had a fun conversation. I'm trying to get Vard on here. So Vard, oh, if you're listening, <laughs> you're next. <laughs> Just because Look out. you both had some great like life experiences that like bleed into relationships. So we'll have to do a part two. But everyone, okay. thank you for listening. And Courtney, thank you again. Of course. We'll talk to you all next week. See ya. Bye.